0: Welcome to the anointed teaching preached at Church 316, the youth arm of the Fountain of Life Church. We hope that you be blessed as you listen to this message. Yes, so this morning I'm going to be speaking for just a few minutes, but I'm going to be sharing with us um, my meditation this week. And um, God has assured me that someone is going to be blessed by it. Uh, Please open your Bibles with me to Matthew 6. It's a very popular verse. Um, a couple of verses that we're very used to but I'm going to be sharing this morning Matthew 6 I'm going to be reading the TPT translation and if you wonder how does this tie to old school just stay with me we will get there Matthew 6 I'm going to read verses 25 the TPT translation says this is why I tell you never to be worried about your life for all that you need will be provided help me preach to your neighbor all that you need will be provided i'm sure if it's in your bible you see that it's written in red that means it's the word of jesus himself as scripture says that his word is as good as done it says his word cannot fall down to the ground void he accomplishes every purpose for which it has been sent forth so jesus says and he has sent us to tell someone today or to remind someone that all that you need will be provided Help me preach to your neighbor that job will be provided that finances will be provided, that health will be provided, that family will be provided, that relationship will be provided, that peace will be provided, that sound mind will be provided, that progress in business will be provided, that progression and promotion will be provided, that school will be provided, that scholarship will be provided, that visa will be provided, that new level will be provided, that new season will be provided. That Contracts will be provided. Jesus says it will be provided. And he goes on to give us examples. He says, such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Consider the birds. Do Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plant or reap or store up food. Yet, your heavenly father provides them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your father than them? This is another point. Tell me preach to your neighbor. You are valuable. You are more valuable than your bank account. You are more valuable than your educational qualifications. You are more valuable than your family pedigree. You are more valuable than what people say. If Jesus says you are valuable, then you are valuable. And I want you to preach it to yourself just in case your neighbor does not even know his own va- his or our own value and cannot tell you how valuable you are. I want you to tell yourself I'm valuable. What I wear does not define me. What I eat does not define me. Where I live does not define me. I am who God says I am. And if God says I'm valuable, I am valuable. You are valuable. Nothing external can define you except as you allow it. You are first who God says you are. And that's why we are looking at the word of Jesus. The one who was before time was formed. The one through which everything created was made. The Bible says that without him, nothing was made that was made. It says in him was life and this life was the light of men and it shines in darkness and darkness cannot comprehend it he says in the beginning this word was so if the word that was in the beginning says to you that you are valuable if anything temporal tells you otherwise you don't believe it you believe that which was before time began that's why we are going old school to look at that which was before time began So, if whatever you are going through does not align with what Jesus has said then you consider it temporal subject to change you are valuable than this let's come back to the scriptures 27 says so which one of you by worrying could add anything to your life and why would you worry about your clothes look at the beautiful flowers of the field they do not walk nor toil And yet, not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was robed in beauty like one of this. So if God has clothed the middle with a, which is here for such a short time, then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes you need, you of little faith? So then, forsake your worries. I want you to help me also preach to your neighbor. Say, forsake your worries. I know you are hard-pressed on every side, but forsake your worries. You might not know where the meal for tomorrow is going to come from, but forsake your worries. You might not even know where the transportation to go home will come from, but forsake your worries. You might not know what tomorrow holds, but forsake your worries. Why are you forsaking your worry? Even though you don't know what tomorrow may hold, you know who holds tomorrow in his hands. You know the one that speaks the end from the beginning and he stands to watch that the end comes to pass. That's just Jesus that we serve. He's telling us this morning to forsake our worries. Legalistically, you might have a justifiable reasons to be worried, but Jesus said, Forsake them. Help me preach to your neighbor one more time. Say, Forsake your worries. Yes. Forsake your worries. Let's continue reading. Say, So then, forsake your worries. Why would you say, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For this is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things your body require? So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Tell your neighbor abundantly. They will be given to you abundantly. I want you to be the first prophet of your neighbor. Tell your neighbor there is a sound of the abundance of rain. It might not look like it, but there is a sound of an abundance. God says he will give it to you abundantly. So please prophesy abundance to your neighbor. In case na- you don't believe the God in your neighbor, prophesy abundance over your life. You are no longer living in scarcity. You walk in abundance. Be the first prophet of your life. The Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongues. And those who love it will reap it thereof prophesy over your life prophesy over your finances prophesy over your family declare an abundance what we are doing is we are speaking the word of Jesus and that's what faith is it says God will give it to you abundantly refuse to worry about tomorrow but deal with each, each challenge that comes your way one day at a time tomorrow will take care of itself help me tell your neighbor tomorrow will take care of itself tomorrow will take care of itself you know, when you read such scriptures, it, it does not um, it does not suggest to be lazy. It does not suggest to be idle and say ki sera sera, whatever will be will be. That's not what the scripture is saying. Scripture is saying, you know, I meant to check the definition of worry. You know, I don't throw Igbo and Greek around, but it means now," which means to be distracted or pulled in different direction. It it supposes a preoccupation with things that causes anxiety, stress, and pressure. Now when you worry it means that you are being pulled in different direction. And you know sometimes we find ourselves in that situation where you 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 have heard something, you have seen something in scriptures, but your reality is saying something else and sometimes as much as you want to have faith, your reality is also staring you in the face and so you get pulled In between what faith says and what reality is saying. And sometimes we are in that struggle. And you know sometimes what is even more interesting is we we go through that struggle in different facets of our lives. Sometimes we are so in faith with our finances yet we are in worry with our relationships. Sometimes we are so in faith with our businesses. And sometimes we are in worry with maybe our family's health. Sometimes we are in faith in one thing. And then another thing, we are beginning to doubt what's going on. And that's why Jesus had to address it. That you see, everything, everything material is subject to change. So he's saying that it might not look like it. But you have a position to take. Either to allow faith or to allow fear. And that's why when Jesus was going to, um, was going to, what's the English word? Now, English is failing me. Was going to classify the situation. He said, oh, you of little faith. You ask yourself, what does faith has to do with worry? Because worry pulls you in different directions. Why am I saying this? You know, this week there was something I wanted and if you're a perfectionist like me, not a perfectionist, but if you're a planner like me that, you know, you like to know X, Y, Z. So when I come out of here, I turn left. We, we move more by sight. Um, not that I don't have faith, but I like to know what's going to happen next. So that's why I spend a lot of time in gospel. Just tell me where we are going. And sometimes God doesn't move that way. He will tell you that you will find out the direction when you step out. Because sometimes Abraham, you're not going to know where the promised land is. And if you are only moved by the things that you see, then Abraham, you're going to run into trouble because you will only know what the next step is as you step with the first instruction. And sometimes that's the ways of God. And we have to, especially for a generation where we are, you know, planners or for people that are planners, you know, you like everything spelt out. God is calling us to seasons where things will not not necessarily be clearly spelt out. To seasons where your sight will fail you. Not because you will not see, but you might not even be seeing what God is asking you to see. And sometimes God will even cloud the things that you want he wants to do. God is, you see, man has the nature of God, but we don't have everything about God. To shake your people that believe that I'm a small God, let me shake your theology a bit. There are certain attributes of God that man will never have. Man will never be omnipresent. How many of you are present everywhere? Because you're a child of God, you have the nature of God. You are present everywhere. If anybody had raised their hand straight, H.O.D. I will take you because Pastor Taiwo needs to lay hand on you. You have the nature of God, but there are certain things that you will never. How many people are omnipotent? You have all the power. You have power. we are the reservoir of power. You have dynamis, But even our dynamis you know, is subject to the will of God. So there are certain attributes of God that As long as we are in this earth, you you cannot. So what God does is he allows you certain expressions of himself. But not the entirety of himself. The Bible says that he has set eternity in the heart of man that they might seek him. If God was to make all of us omnipotent, omniscient and omnipresent, some of us would cause trouble. Because your shoulder pad... It will be higher than Sister special suit. <laughs> in fact, that suit is no longer a suit. It's the coat. It's in it wear, She did not wear talk- it. Oh, my time is almost up. We're talking about worrying. So do not worry. Worry is preoccupation. You're pulled in different directions. So for people that like to have everything spelt out, I've come to encourage you this morning. Do not be discouraged when you don't even know what the next step is. When there is a crisis, is if your hand is not in the hand of God. But if your hand is in the hand of God, there is no crisis. So it says, do not worry. It says, your father know what to do. So how not to worry? Let's quickly go there. I need to round off. Um, I guess some other time will come to this. How not to worry? Please open your Bibles with me to 1 Peter um, verse 5. I will read from verse 6 to 7. 1 Peter, 6, sorry, 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 6 to 7. I'm reading the TPT. Um, It says, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hand. Pour out all your worries. So he's not saying there will be no worry. He's saying this is how to deal with it. He says, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them... You know, some of us, we come to... place of prayer with our concern, and then when you leave the place, you will not be looking for the answer you will be helping God to find the answer to the problem it says leave them there for he always tenderly cares for you, please help me minister to your neighbor, say leave them there don't pick them back up For he always tenderly cares for you. You know the song that came to heart while we were preparing for this was um, What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and grief to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Please carry on. Oh, oh what peace we often fall Oh what needless pain we listen to bear. what you're singing Oh because we do, we do not carry everything to God in prayer so how do you handle your worries when they come? Because they would come. You take it to God in prayer. As a matter of fact, if you read the same Matthew chapter 6, they had asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. So just after telling them the model prayer, he started to tell them about worrying. Because prayer is, let me read. Let, we'll come back to that please open your Bibles also with me to Philippians Philippians 4 verses 6 uh, oh god my time my if you're there before me just go ahead and read it if not please wait for me Philippians 4 verses 6 it says don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing be what? be saturated in prayer throughout each day offering your faith Field request before God with overflowing gratitude, tell him every detail of your life. I'm reading TPT. He says, then God's wonderful peace dra- that transcends human understanding will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. So don't get pulled. Tendencies are you will get pulled. But what's the solution to not getting pulled? Saturate yourself in Saturate yourself in prayers, faith-filled request, and with thanksgiving. What happens is, you see, when we pray, right, we are not telling God the problem. It's not like when you go to God and say, God, so I need money. God will not be like, Hey, you need money. It's not shocked, right? So our prayers is not to inform or alert God to our situation, it's to invite God in. You see, the solution that you want has already been done. 2000 years ago but you are now, I was talking to um, someone here during the week and we're talking about, the, was it this week or last week? I can't remember we're talking about the Lord's prayer and um, we spoke about thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth and I said the reason that was included is not because God's kingdom is about to come or his will is about to be done because his will has already been done why you say that prayer is to align and give God permission because as it regards to earth the Bible says is what you bind that will be bound it's not that it has not been bound in heaven but if you allow it on earth God is not going to come down and die for you a second time so everything that you see on this earth is a man that has permitted it to be done so if you see any discomfort in your life is a will whether it's the will of God or your will that you have allowed to be done on earth. So when we pray as it is done in heaven it's because it's already done and that's why we're not saying as it is being done or as it is about to be done or as it is being doing English people, sorry if I kid your language it has already been done so what you and I do is we now legislate it I say, devil, Christ has done it. I enforce it. But if you say, hey, I'm not, and you know, that's the problem. When we don't read the scriptures, we don't know what has been done. You know, somebody has also asked me about Old Testament. And I know a lot of people have these struggles between Old Testament and New Testament. I read in John that Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the old. Do you know why? Sometimes the old gives the landmark for the new. If you don't know what the old is, tendencies are you will make a mess of the new so I hear people when they say "Oh, I'm not Old Testament well done sir, what does the New Testament say, even Jesus said I come in the volume of the book as it is written of me Old Testament even Jesus, you know I even went to read, oh my time is up Acts of the apostles, right? When they try to minister, you will hear them preach from the Old Testament. Then I wonder what is our generation? If you don't know what has been prophesied about Jesus, how do you lay hold on everything he has come to do for you? But when, I'm not saying don't focus on the New Testament, I'm saying take the Old Testament in perspective. Because he opens your eyes to everything. My time is up. Sorry. Don't worry. We're not talking about testament. It will be a conversation for another day. But we're talking about don't worry. Take it to God in prayer. Please open your Bibles with me to 2 Timothy 1 verse 12. Um, 2 Timothy 1 12. T-P-T says. The confidence of my calling enables me to overcome every difficulties without shame. For I have an intimate revelation of this God. My faith in him convinces me. That he is more than able. Help me tell your neighbor. God is more than able. He is more than able to keep all I have placed in his hands. Safe and secured. Till the fullness of his appearing. Will worry come? Will things that would want you to worry come? Yes. But you have a responsibility to take it to God in prayer. And when you take it to God in prayer. Don't go back with the problem. When you take it to God in prayer, get God's perspective on the issue and go back with God's solution. Why? When you worry, he robs you of time and creativity. He robs you of the energy to do what is necessary for today. Worrying brings sicknesses and diseases. I had headache the other last week because I was worrying. Worrying affects your relationship. Do you ever know some people that you don't want to be in their company for too long? Because you will hear their problem. And it's the same problem every time. They have become like radio legacy. They, they will just keep. It's like, yeah. So when you just see them like this, oh, play. Omar always on sapa. You know their you just know. Everybody knows their problem. That's what worrying does. It robs you of meaningful relationship Who wants to be around someone that is always moody and sad? No one if anyone had raised their hand, it would have been great. Maybe you go and join the welfare department, so they'll make you chief chief of that. Worrying steals your joy. And Bible says that with joy, you draw water from the well of salvation. Worrying renders you ineffective. Why do I say this link to the past? Oftentimes, what we worry about are not the things that have happened, are things that are about to happen. So how does it link to the past? Instead of worrying about the things that have not happened, focus on the miracles of the past. Please open your Bibles. I'll round off with this to Psalm 126. Um, I'll round off with this. Psalm 126. I'm going to be reading verses... Okay, let me do... Verses 45. It says, now Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. I'm not saying you should pray that God should restore you to former glory. Psalm 126, verses 4. Yeah. Now Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. What happens, what the, the psalmist was praying was not for the bad time. So what do you recall of the old time? You recall the miracles. You recall the mercies. And what does that do? It gives you new strength for tomorrow. And say, I might not know what tomorrow will. But God, I have your history. I know where you have brought me from. I might not be where I want to be. But I'm sure not where I I was yesterday. So the devil reminds you, oh, your bills are not yet paid. Oh, this one is going bad. You say yes, but my bills were not paid yesterday, but they were paid today. So I might not know where tomorrow's bill is going to come from, but he that paid yesterday will pay today anyhow. That's what the psalmist was saying here. He says, God do it again. Restore the former glory. What that does is that it gives you peace in your heart. He says that may streams of your refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. Those who sow with those who sow their tears as seed will reap an harvest with joyful shouts of glee. They may weep as they go out, carrying their seeds to sow, but they would return with joyful laughter and shouting with gladness as they bring back arm loads of blessing and a harvest overflowing. I don't know what has been getting you worried, but I've come to encourage someone this morning as you call to mind not what tomorrow owes that you don't know, but the miracles and blessings and testimonies that God has done for you or maybe not even done for you but he has done for your neighbor and you know they will say that if God does something for your neighbor it means that he's in your neighborhood and you are next in turn I don't know how true that is but I know that God is no respecter of persons so if he can do it for one and I can find it in scriptures then he can do it for me so you call to mind those past things that God has done and then you say God do it again I don't know how it's going to happen but do it again scripture says that i might not see the wind i might not see the rain that process is not even of interest to me but one thing i know my valley will be filled why i've seen it in the scriptures it has happened in the past where valleys are filled you know why we don't see a lot of miracles like we would because we don't focus on them too much we're a generation that focus on the troubles. I started to read scriptures. And I was reading of Elijah. You know, let me round off with Elijah. My time is up, right? Elijah in 1 Corinthians 19. This is somebody that has seized the rain. And said that it will not rain in the land for three years. And it didn't rain. And in, verse, in chapter 19 of 1 Kings. Um, What's her name now? Jezebel sent a message and said, Tomorrow I will kill you. And the fear of tomorrow... Elijah ran but Elijah did you forget that this is same you that at your word the sun the sky did not give rain I bet if he had said Jezebel freeze Jezebel would have frozen but that is the problem with worrying about tomorrow so what happened is because he was focused on the word of the of his death coming tomorrow he forgot the that God had done, and He ran. And the thing about worry, you know, I said it will rob you of relationship, it also determines the cost of your life. Scripture says that He ran, and when He ran to the brook, He said, God, I'm tired, He's ready to die. Jesus said, You God said, Well, you have said, Well, since you are ready to die, you know, the end of the story, go and anoint. XYZ. I bet if he did not allow worry to push him to that point, just maybe we will read more testimonies about Elijah. I intend to have a conversation with him when I get to heaven. What am I saying this morning? Do not allow worry. push you to saying the negative things about yourself and that's why I'm saying that when worry comes, remind yourself of the past miracles, and say I might not know tomorrow, but I remember, I remember when I did not have money in my pocket, and God provided anyway, I remember when I did not have food, I remember when there was no way to pay for my school fees, and God showed up anyway, this one might be bigger than school fees, it's not maybe the 10k of school fees, this is house rent of 200,000 but the God that did 10,000, is the same God that I can do 200,000, and he does not give God extra power. He doesn't take him extra power to do 200,000. And the same God that did 200,000. is able to do 2 million. He doesn't take him extra energy to do it. The same God that did 2 million. is able to do 20 million. The same God no extra power. The scripture says that he is the same Jesus. Yesterday, today and forever. Doesn't take him extra. To give you that which you want. But will you call back to mind. The little things bible says do not forget the days of little beginning call back to mind those days where god has showed up for you i said this mountain before me may be big but I call to mind the God. If you read the psalmist, you will hear David a number of times. says, there are many, there are many that troubles me. There are many that besiege me. He says, but you, oh God, you are a shield for me. You are the glory and the lifter up of my head. It doesn't look like it right now, but you saw me through with the lion. You saw me through at the back of the shield and therefore I know that even though I'm in front of the throne right now, you are seeing me. You have come to encourage someone this morning you determine how the story ends don't let your, your situation determine how that story ends call back to mind the things that God has done and assure yourself that it doesn't end without God say so if you have any testimony that God has done before he can do much more heavenly father we thank you we give you all the glory we refuse to worry because we know that we have you we refuse to worry we keep you time. thank you for listening to this message For more information please visit www.vechurch316.org God bless you.